Welcome to the One Thing Podcast, where we all get to usher in, sorry, I had to move something out of the way, uh, the new age of humanity, homo spiritus, by practicing dancing with the one thing that individuals, communities, and countries have yet to try and mass. And that one thing is the connection to the higher self part of our true self anatomy, our whole anatomy that people call by various different names. And our prime directive above all else is to make and constantly return to this connection, this one thing connection that we abbreviate by calling it taught, the one thing. And we do that day in and day out, breath in and breath out as our first step in dealing with problems rather than viewing life problems as things we can solve separately from the one thing. The one thing has better solutions, let's just say it that way. And in this episode, we're going to take a deeper dive into one of the key dimensions of 5D consciousness, which we've been talking about uh, for the past couple of episodes in the context of TOT, developing 5D orientation in a shifting world. Yes, indeed. So we'll start this episode as we are doing with each of the episodes that we're devoting to 5D consciousness with a reminder, especially for those of you who haven't had the benefit of listening to the other episodes on 5D consciousness, what we mean by that. So the third dimension is fear and ego separation. And the fifth dimension, 5D, is love and unity. And then bridging between 3D and 5D consciousness is the fourth dimension, which is about healing our subconscious and uh, and making it conscious so we can release baggage and traumas and limiting beliefs, uh, our personal uh, baggage and our lineage baggage. So family as well as past lives of our own, if you if you believe in those, and also uh, releasing baggage that we have as a collective as humanity um and uh those those kinds of baggage and traumas and limiting beliefs that can't serve us as we up level into 5d consciousness we have to leave those behind in order to step into 5d consciousness in a full-time kind of way yes exactly and you know, our, our lower human mind would have us believe that we could drag that stuff along with us into 5D, but we actually can't. <laughs> like we can't get through the gates of 5D, so to speak. I just put it into those terms with a knapsack of our baggage. Like it just doesn't work that way. And um, the 5D world, you know, there's a lot that you can go look up for understanding the, the fifth dimensional world, but it's a non-physical world that is experienced by the spiritually awakened who have expanded their senses their you know they're beyond human senses it includes human senses but there's more beyond the human senses to these new frequencies so that the creation of the new earth can begin so we substitute love for fear those are the two big umbrellas but under those umbrellas there's a lot of experiences like you know in fear there's um you know, anger and pain and suffering and disease and all all the things that we none of us want, right? And at the, under the umbrella of love are things like balance and harmony and connectedness and solutions to, you know, creative solutions to, you know, the problems that we have. And, and why this is important is because Mother Earth is ascending and all of her inhabitants are ascending. And this is how we will create as a collective, those who choose to, the new earth and 
the new earth is already here. We just have to enact it, so to speak. And so we'll also remind you of what is meant by ascension, since that's a term that's commonly used in fifth dimension consciousness circles. And ascension is simply the process of raising our vibration, shedding our ego, and shifting into an elevated level of consciousness that we've just described. And not only are we doing this as individuals and as a species, but Mother Earth is also in the process of doing this ascension. Exactly. And we've had a lot of examples of beings who walked the earth and ascended. So we can think of beings like Buddha and Jesus and Mother Mary and, um, you know, even Mary Magdalene and Kuan Yin. They're from all sections of earth and they aren't any different than us. The only thing that's different now is that they live in a constant state of fifth dimensional and beyond energetic frequency so they can you know they can have a physical body or a non-physical body they have they live in a light body and sometimes we tend to look at those beings especially here in the west say using jesus as an example as if that is something unreachable by all of us but that wasn't his point his point was to example it so that we could all follow in his footsteps right so and consciousness really is in everything our, our intention in our consciousness, our clear choice, our connection to, um, we've mentioned it before, the intelligent field, which we access through our consciousness, this becomes available the more we do our healing work, um, which David described perfectly before, which is where we take our, you know, our third dimensional dense patterns and beliefs and um, traumas and all the things that no longer serve us in the heaviness and we walk across this bridge of the fourth dimensional bridge and, and we release those things so that we can be in a lighter form of, of experience consciousness. And that, that is really the true meaning of healing. So my, um, my, my best advice to you at this point is a, I think it's a star Wars. Is it star Wars or star Trek where the line is resistance is futile. That's from star Trek. The okay. David being the Trekkie would know that resistance <laughs> is futile. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going yeah. to put in a footnote for those in the West who are more of a Jewish origin. That's not Jesus centric, which is that in that context, what we're really talking about is the age of the Messiah. We're talking about uh, the elevated consciousness. If we look on the Messiah less as an individual and more as a state of consciousness, which is an understanding of the Messiah that is prevalent in a lot of Jewish circles. We're talking about that, if that's your metaphor. Yeah, exactly. And and honestly, every uh, spiritual path, religious path, whatever you connect yourself into has examples of this. And so, um, you yes. know, we encourage you to read about what that means in, in, the circle of your um, connection in the, in those ways. Yeah. Your tradition. Yeah. Yeah. And so what we mean by orientation, because that's kind of what this theme is, is, you know, we have to practice orienting ourselves into the fifth dimensional consciousness that, you know, you can start with simple things like being kind to yourself in your own mind, right. So that you have access to being kind to any other aspect of life. That's just one place to start. And 
and then doing your healing work. Like there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of aspects to being a human being that would orient us that can, that has the ability to orient us into a fifth dimensional frequency in, in the beginning, it, it can feel, um, awkward and wobbly because it's kind of like we're walking between two worlds. We're very oriented in the third dimension because it's what we know. You know, we've had centuries of experience and history living in a 3D life. And, and we can all say, well, look at history. Well, we can look at history and we could say, oh, well, that's all th third dimensional history and experience, but it isn't the whole picture. So to orient yourself into the fifth dimension, one of the things that I, th I think is almost uh, impossible to leave out is our heart, because when we ask our heart or our higher self or our soul, you know, what, what can I do in this situation? What's the best, you know, next step? A any of those kinds of questions posed to our heart in, you know, in a very heartfelt way, so to speak, uh, you'll always be guided. You'll always be given what what your next step is but knowing initially that we're sort of straddling two worlds is just something good to know so that you can you know you can make sense of yourself in your orientation when things are a little wonky which they they can be sometimes so and it's why we emphasize our connection with our higher self because it's actually not possible to awaken into or ascend into or you know become your whole self without your relationship with your higher presence. Like that's the gateway. <laughs> so, um, and, and this is actually that constant connection. So, you know, I, I mentioned earlier, one of the things you can do is talk kindly to yourself. Well, one of the first things you, we invite everyone to do is constantly return to that connection because that will make you feel more stable amid shifting grounds, right? Amid what feels like instability as we are walking between two worlds. And this is also what is meant by the the orientation, the choice to orient to a consciousness that is love-based is, is what is behind the meaning of being in the world, but not of the world. Because the 3D world is fear-based and the 5D world is love-based. And we can actually live in a love-based experience while in the fear-based matrix, so to speak, and be be in this world, but not of this world. But that requires constant connection to the one thing. Indeed. And so one of the cornerstones of a 5D consciousness orientation is for us to align with our inner truth and personal proof. And I'm going to say a mouthful here, and then we're going to unpack it bit by bit. So uh, we'll talk about inner truth and personal proof in a moment, as well as the rest of this mouthful. So it's about aligning with inner truth and personal proof rather than with scientism, which isn't science. It, uh, so it's not that we're not aligning with science. We're not align, aligning with scientism. And again, we'll define that. It's about being an observer participant, which we'll also define uh, which, Lori, you already said uh, the phrase connected to that, which is being in the world, not of the world, and uh, being an observer participant rather than being a swallowed participant. So let's unpack all of that. Uh, first of all, uh, let's do personal proof. Um, and uh, inner truth and personal proof 
is where we have a clearly internal experience that registers in us as having come from whatever we consider our higher self or source or tot or whatever our term for that is in contrast to our ego <clears throat> and where personal proof is about us trusting that our experience means something at least for us not that we're generalizing and deciding that uh, personal proof we have of the ex existence of higher consciousness is what everyone else necessarily has had an experience with. That's a, it's a personal proof. Now, what scientism? Can I just say one thing yeah, in that sure. part about personal proof? One of the discerning ways of understanding and and practice with this on things that are inconsequential, so you can get a felt sense in your body about your own personal truth. Your, our soul, heart, higher self, higher presence is calm and peace is peaceful and delivers information, whether you hear it or see it or feel it, or just have a sense of it. It's different for everyone, but it's calm and um, what's, and there's a serenity to it. Whereas our ego, there's more of a, oh my God, the sky is falling you know, there's a, there's fear, there's, uh, there's criticism involved. And that would not be the kind of personal truth or higher wisdom or higher intelligence that our, um, that our higher wisdom would deliver to us in that way. Yeah. And let me, let me give you a very, very down to earth example of personal proof. If you were to ask me if I believe I'm breathing, that question would make no sense. I am breathing. I have personal proof that I'm breathing that is independent of whether or not someone else believes that I'm breathing or they're breathing. Um, and, and not to say that others aren't breathing, but that, that level of personal proof goes beyond belief. It the, is an inner knowing. Right. That Just is like unassailable. The Right. Just like the sun comes up and the sun goes down and there's a moon at night, you know, whether it's behind the clouds and we can't see it or not is not the point, but there's not a doubt. There's not a belief or a non-belief about that. It just is. And that's what we mean by personal proof. Now, what we mean by scientism, and this is not our term, this is a, a widely understood term in scientific and philosophical circles. Scientism is turning science into a religion. It's, it's a, a kind of arrogance about science that is deluded into believing that science knows how to uh, measure or investigate or research everything empirically uh, through, through scientific uh, uh, method. And um, this is uh, the belief in science is the belief in scientific method in uh, the belief in uh, in multiple perspectives and in debating the meaning of results of scientific research and things along those lines. But scientism is a blind acceptance that anything that science seems to prove whether or not it's actual proof is another question, but everything that science seems to prove 
must be true and everything that science cannot prove must be illusion. That's scientism. Science is not that. You know, science in many ways got hijacked. And the the question of how science got hijacked and the uh, impacts of that hijacking of authentic science, we might we might cover in a future episode. Uh, but uh, all of that apart, we're not challenging authentic science. We right. are challenging scientism. Yes. And one of the one of the um, ways of well, what science said early on is basically, there is no one place to stand when science has discovered something because it's always evolving. So there always has to be this constant dialogue and conversation about, well, what does this evolution mean to our current hypotheses? You know, so it's not a fixed situation. Um, it, it's a, it's not static. It's very dynamic. And so it's important to just, you know, know that when something is coming across as fixed and final, that would be a red flag. And one of the uh, phrases that's used today that's a flag for me that scientism is being advocated rather than science is when I hear the phrase, the science proves. Right. right. The science isn't a unified thing. There's research that says it might be this. There's research that says it might be that. We keep evolving just like uh, like you're saying Lori in in scientific discovery it's not static right right and you know that's a good segue into this connection that we keep talking about with our higher our, our higher self our inner truth because our our inner truth and our higher self are not really separate entities so to speak we're you know the the illusion of separation has us thinking that we're this body and then there's this stuff inside of us and some of it could be wisdom and and then there's this higher self that's sort of remote and far and hard to access and and that's actually you know that comes out of the 3d wound of separation when we invite our higher self. And I, I've said this before, I tend to do that by way of in, the invitation of light, because not only is our higher self light, but it's just an easier, um, it's an easier connection to think that there's this light that's making the connection between the, the sacred heart of my higher self and my own heart that's becoming more and more sacred and, and all the truth that lives in all the cells and the intelligence and the blueprints of wholeness and all of that, right? It, if we're, if we're not aligned with that inner truth, it will be really hard for us to have to have the sense of our personal proof. And so we, you know, and it will also be really hard to stay out of the uh, the the ocean of the matrix programming because that's like a spell that puts us under a spell and that makes a, an individual feel like they're being swallowed by this spell and entangled and enmeshed into this programming that isn't really truly who we are as human beings. And so just to sort of belabor the point, the way we can untangle ourselves from that feeling of being swallowed is, is to return to our connection and ask whatever questions there are to ask for, for yourself, because it's going to be different for everyone. And, you know, the natural byproduct of that alignment 
will feel like harmony and connection and a greater access to love. And when we have that in our in most of our moments, more than not anyway, then there's a feeling of of being jo- of joy, right? Like there's all this scratching and clawing for happiness and all these books written and all the things. And it's like, it doesn't come from those places. It comes from our, our alignment and from our a relationship that we cultivate with this truth that is personal to us, but that comes from a universal presence. And we have to give ourselves permission to summon that unto ourselves and to receive it and to accept it. And that's a practice. If we don't accept this waterfall and this ocean of, you know, of, of fifth dimensional goodness, then we won't get to experience it. It's that simple. We summon and receive, we give ourselves permission and we accept this consciousness. Mm. Beautifully said you're on the roll. So on a roll now. So why don't you take the first of our three takeaways that we want to recommend? Okay. So in order to have this, you know, constantly uh, talked about connection and, and, and personal inner truth and personal medicine, it's everything lives in this connection to the one thing we have to stay as present as possible. That's like being, um, that's like awakening 101 is being present and coming back to our to the present moment and of course we're going to fall out of being present that's just part of the practice but the more we practice coming back to being present um we can then we can sort of elevate ourselves into our, an orientation of being an observer a participant in the world observing the world but not being swallowed by it. And this is how to be in a stable orientation amidst the shifting ground. And the shifting ground will probably continue to be throughout most, if not all of this decade. So, you know, if you start now cultivating this stability, you'll be in good shape, you know, as things continue to get, I don't know what the word is more and more, um, Well, transformational is probably the best way to say it. Transformational and transcendent. And transcendent. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And so the second uh, takeaway, which is very tied to what you were just saying, is uh, is we want to encourage you to seek and get to know and get to accept your inner truth and your personal proof while also becoming more and more discerning about authentic science in contrast to junk science and scientism. And what we mean by junk science is research that is poorly designed, where the uh, evidence is skewed in a biased way, and the statistical analyses are in service of bias rather than in service of objectivity. And unfortunately, since the 1980s, there has been more and more and more junk science posing as real science that's been published in major scientific and medical journals, unfortunately. So, Seek inner truth and personal proof while becoming more and more discerning about and accepting of authentic science while being more discerning about uh, junk science and scientism. Right. And um, 
the other invitation that we would offer to you as as our final takeaway is to and this I said earlier a minute ago, but to regularly, and maybe you need to make a little sticky note and put it on your bathroom mirror or something, give yourself permission to receive from your higher presence, this waterfall, this field above and all around you and within you, within every atom of your being, receive, ask for an ever expanding sense of harmony and union with this part of yourself. Like, you know, what does it feel? Ask questions like, what What does it feel like to feel in union with my higher presence? Like, that's a really good inquiry, right? And ask for more of this joy and more, more of a sense of this fifth dimensional love. And realize that in 3D programming, the, pro- the program is to suffer. And so we have to give ourselves permission to to access this 5D energy, which is the opposite of suffering, in order to get ourselves out of the programming of suffering, if that makes sense. And it requires this insistence on your behalf, on all of our behalves, to call this forth, fill ourselves with it, ask for when we need clarity, you know, breathe ourselves into this alignment on the on the regular. Um, and and begin to learn how to trust this this truth that lives inside of you. Wow. Preach it. <laughs> Sister. <laughs> uh, that's right. That's right. Well, in closing, we want to invite and encourage you to listen to the next episodes in this mini-series on five-dimensional fifth dimension consciousness, 5D consciousness, in which we're going to unpack a couple of more additional sets of key attributes and qualities of 5D consciousness. We also want to invite you to visit the totpodcast.net website, which is our podcast website, to let us know your comments, questions, requests for future episode topics, and any other feedback you might have. Again, that URL is totpodcast, T-O-T-podcast.net. So until next time, remember to dance with your better half, the one thing, so you can join us in continuing to live more and more fully as Homo Spiritus. <laughs>